would say if someone who have not yet started, well, start, do it, do it, do it, do it. The world need you, need your idea, need your vision, whatever you have is, you know, beautiful vision, do it. If not now, when, we all can die tomorrow. Well, Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur who's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the uh, podcast. Wen Jiang, Jang, I'm gonna kill the, the slaughter of the name, but I'm doing the best that I can. But uh, Wen was uh, from uh, China, or was from China, a small town, and went to high school and uh, realized that she didn't uh, fit into the mountain community um, where predominantly women stayed home and uh, and or at home and wanted to go out and learn English. So went and learned English for about four years. Came to the U.S., went to university, did a couple startups. Um, they failed, but enjoyed every minute of it. Um, and did this for about five years and then decided to go get an MBA at Duke, moved to Austin for uh, about three years ago and worked uh, for Dale sales team. And then with COVID decided to try her hand again at doing some startups and small businesses. And that brings us to a bit where she's at today and she'll let her, she'll give us a bit more details there. So with that much as, a, as an introduction, welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much, Devon, for having me and hello, everybody. Super excited to be here. So I just gave a quick run through of a much longer journey, but take us back in time a bit to when you're uh, growing up in the small time, small town in China and how things got started from there. Yeah. So uh, when I say small town, I do want to clarify, they do have a million of us. So people wise, population wise, we are huge. But when I say small, I mean more like geographically is, you know, literally a town on the mountain where you had to go around the mountain, drive around seven, eight hours car ride to visit any nearest city and plus we don't grow up with cars so nobody ever left and at that time when I grow up internet is um, not available we don't have a computer or in that way so literally it's isolated on the mountain and small in the sense of people's mentality about they think this is the world they don't see what is beyond that and my mountain in my mountain town like you said, you know, women are meant to be a mother, a wife, and it's a beautiful choice if that's what you love to do. But in my hometown, that is the only option for women. And, and that just never really fit in with me as much as I think, you know, I think that's the toughest job in the world. I, of course, agree with that. But I just felt always this telling curiosity to see what is beyond the mountain line. I'm just so curious about the world outside of the mountain that we just live and breathe every day. And funny story is today, you know, my friend will be like, oh my God, well, let's go hiking this weekend. And I'll be like, no, I think that's so weird because where I grow up, I go to school, I hike. I go home, I hike. So I hike every single day. And I didn't understand why people think uh, such a such a fun thing to do in leisure time. But yeah, that's how I grew up. Um, and, you know, uh, my my entire family are high school dropouts and no one really go to school or college. Um, but I just, just always curious, you know, what is, what is, I, I just felt it always more and I don't know what that is. So I want to explore and that curiosity of wondering what is beyond the mountain is inspired me to, uh, actually discover a cassette machine in the library. And that is, you know, how I decided to teach myself English, 
Um, and like Dylan um, quickly mentioned, it took four years because first of all, it's, I of course sucks. Um, it's not that easy to just follow the cassette machine, but anyhow, four years, um, I didn't just fail one time, didn't just fail twice. It's not three times, not four times, not five, not six, not seven, not eight. Well, nine major failures in total in a four in a four year time and all the, you know, sprinkle up all the stuff in between and in the period of time where everybody think I'm crazy. Everybody think I'm out of my mind. They think, who are you? Like, oh my goodness, like all those moments. Whew, they are not easy, but I should tell myself, well, girl, you have big dream to go. So, so that's how I, you know, really keep just keep us um, keep moving forward, and that's how I came to America, two thousand eleven, August eighth, and that's how I first landed in America. So now I said, okay, you know, I'd like to come to America. Like, you know, I studied English, which props to you to you know find a cassette tape, learn English, and uh, be able to kind of get that uh, or can pursue your path forward is to, you know, take a different direction, I think is very commemorable. Um, but so now you come in, you know, you learn English, you come to the U.S., um, you decide, okay, I'm going to go to, you know, school for a bit. So kind of as you're coming to the U.S., if you already have a plan, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go, or just, hey, I'm going to get here and I'll figure it out from there. Kind of how did you decide once you learned English, come to the U.S., what was the next step in your journey? Yeah, that's a great question. And first of all, you know, career counseling, it was not existing where I come from, which is no one had a career, neither do I know, neither do I have any role model to look at to. So I don't really know what is awaiting in front of me, neither have any idea that I need to have that information. So really, I just show up. And I remember, like, still remember the day when I show up in Ophelia Airport with four suitcases, because as a maximum you can take the international student, I, do, I still remember that day, that moment I seen, I'm just staying in the middle of air, airport, if you know where I'm referring to. It's a huge airport, and there's so many people, they are moving you know, fast, and I, I was just stunning by, wow, first of all, I actually made it, and wow, this is actually America, and lastly, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm doing, I have no idea how to find the exit sign. I have no idea how to speak exit, even this word. And I never speak to any human being in a real lifetime besides my cassette. So I just remember excited but shot mostly and just standing in the middle of the swarm of people, they all going places and I'm just like shot, just don't know what to do. And yeah, so that's how I you know, first came to a university in Illinois, Havana Champagne for my first master's degree and you know, funny you asked me my plan. I thought it's going to be a great time. I thought it's going to be, you know, you land, you're going to party. Life is good. Um, but honestly, the first three months, first six months-ish, I hated everything. I hated everything. I hated it that I could not know how to order food. I, I, I was so embarrassed whenever I went in a subway line because just, oh my God, all the vegetables, those names. It's like so much pressure, just order cucumber tomato in my head I know their Chinese name I could not speak fast enough and there are people way in front of you oh god oh goodness so I don't know I don't understand the culture the food the people I don't make friends and in in a classroom where I remember this one moment I I, I take a conscious notification around me it's a small classroom discussion I, know, I noticed all my classmates are so excited and participating they all raise their hand I'm thinking to myself is it just me 
who the only one person who do not understand what's happening right now. Like I literally, can you not? I did not understand anything at all what's happening around me. So you can imagine. So, so diving in just so now you've come to the U.S. You, you know you kind of have language barrier, learning all these things. You know, do other people understand things I don't understand? And definitely, I've been on the flip side and I've. Uh, We've lived in uh, Taiwan for a couple of years and uh, on the flip side of kind of learning that language and wondering if people are understanding what you're saying and trying to understand them. But you, you make it through your school, you get your undergraduate degree and you come out and you, and you try and do a couple of startups. Is that right? Yeah. So that's my first master's degree. And yes. So now what was the, what was the, the, cause you mentioned you did it, you know, before we chat or we chatted before the, the podcast, you did a couple startups and uh, they both ended up failing in the, in the end, but what were those startups and kind of what was the ideas and what did you try and do? Yeah. Okay. Got it. So fast forward, um, two years, then spent in UOI, get my master's degrees, um, just figure it out. And my first startup was a service-based business that was about eight, 10 seven years ago. Uh, it's called internship desk. It doesn't exist anymore. But at the time, the idea here is because I was an international student and I actually see this huge opportunity for those students who have experience, whether travel abroad and have those business exposure. So essentially what we do, our idea is we help, uh, if you're from say Minneapolis, for example, you want to see, oh, I want to see how business work in China, for example, we provide the platform enable you to go to China, say the fancy city like Shanghai, Beijing, having a summer internship, summer uh, immersion experience to learn about the business, the local, the culture, spend the whole summer and then come back. So vice versa, if you're from China, if you're from Japan, you want to come to America for the summer, spend you know two, three months in Chicago, learn about U.S. business etiquette, we provide a platform for that. So we have China, Israel, and U.S., three locations happening um, in, the, in, the, in the program structure. So I this idea, me and my uh, um, uh, um, friend, okay. colleague, right, we start together and, oh my God, like it was so fun because at the beginning, you know, even though you don't make much money, but who cares, right? You're running a startup, you felt like, at least I felt like it's my full heart and soul into this business. I'm super excited and I felt I'm truly making a making an impact, making a change. I'm really, really excited. Um, well, what really, you know, kind of, you know, well, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm still very proud of at the time from the idea to build a business, become one of the largest service provider in Chicago in the Midwest area. I'm very proud of it. It's, I, it's one of the best times. Uh, well, why it failed is, you know, at the end, you know, me, um, my co-founder slash friend, um, we're going to have a different direction in terms of where the business is going to go. And, and that just really um, did not run really well. So, mm. Um, that is the first startup. Still a lot of fun though. Still, anytime I think about it, I just feel like, oh my God, like, ah, what a good time. So now, you, so now you do that, you know, you have your friend, co-founder, do the startup, do it for a while, grow it. But in the end, you know, you guys decide, hey, we're going different directions, didn't work out. Startups end up failing or having to shut it down. Now, where did you go to for the, the second startup? We're kind of how did you, you know, what part of that journey was is okay? First started didn't work. Did you come? Did you already have another idea? Did you go did you go a different direction? Did you go it on your own with a different founder? Kind of what was that second part of like? Yeah. So I, I just you know kind of added the first one. And then I joined the second like a startup. But I did not co-found. I joined it when it's already eight nine people. And at the time, the premises of second business is, is a software business. And I I 
I discovered that they have a lot of classes in the United States. They actually have no class in international. So I thought, you know what, that would be a great opportunity for me to really take you know, all the information that I incur, like, you know, just the marketing, the go-to-market, um, the knowledge expertise I have helping them to launch the business in international Asia Pacific uh, specifically. So that is a premises, that's intention. So, so yeah, that is, um, so then the following year, I really just literally do exactly that. I, you know, it's a, a software business and they help cash, uh, cash management for hotel, for luxury hotels. So I essentially do that, help them to open up the entire Asian market um, in, in Asia. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It actually took them five to 10 years to even establish the base in the United States and took me one year in China, which I'm very, very proud. Uh, being invited as a, one of the only, only uh, vendor actually to join their international um, controller once a year, like con controller conferences for all the uh, fancy hotel, but I'm the only vendor being invited. So I got a chance to exclusively speaking all to the Marriott Hotel, which is just so much fun. And, you know, right. I, I love, yo, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, so now you do that second startup and it's, you know, you join that, you know, small business and you get, you have some success, you grow it, you, you know, over a period of a year, bring on a lot of partners and, and to make a lot of connections. Now, mm -hmm. what made you, you know, did that startup fail? Did you decide to move on? Was it not paying well enough? Did you decide to go a different direction or kind of, how did you transition from that startup to the next phase of your journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one thing that made me always happy, Jevin, is I always want to make sure I always growing, whether it's today, this week, or this year. And for me, you know, in the startup platform, I, at the time, I helped to open up the market, which is so exciting. So I wanted to grow. So then I transitioned my role from just, you know, leading the entire market from business development perspective into like, oh, software implementation. So I literally in charge of the entire market, like everything that the company has to offer, I do all that in the Asian market. So I kind of, you know, really uh, gain really exposure about every single piece about the business in Asian market, which is, you know, really grow uh, significantly since I jo uh, joined. However, you know, at year two mark, I realized everything I can do in the company, I already done them. And there's no, nothing more for me to do the year after, besides just more account, besides, and I, I, I don't like that idea. And I thought to myself, you know, Devin, when I stuck in a little mountain town, the promise I made to myself is I'm going to go see the world. Now I have sense that I see startup world. I want to see the bigger world and I will see what is world beyond just the startup scenes. And that um, intention brought me to Duke. And that's how I get my MBA for following two years. And that's how I moved into Austin, Texas, 2018. Uh, joined Dell, Dell Computer Company and be part of their go-to marketing. Now, what, just out of curiosity, what made you decide to, first of all, go get the, you know, the MBA at Duke and then go to Texas? Was it, you know, you mentioned a little bit, hey, I saw the startup scene, wanted to do something different, but what made you decide to get an MBA? Was it still intent to do your own yeah. business, still wanted to be an entrepreneur, or is it more just wanting a business experience or kind of, and then how did you decide to go to, to De or to Austin or to, to Texas? Was it more of that was where Dell, the job offer was, or that's where you wanted to go see a new part of the country kind of? Fills in a little mm -hmm. bit on those details. Yeah, yeah, Devin, for sure. Uh, first of all, you know, not to be stereotypical, but I'm Asian. I love to learn. And I, I, I think I, you know, I think I have, you know, decent understanding about the business, how it works based on my experience in startup world. But I felt they are bigger, you know, more comprehensive business knowledge I would like to acquire, understand really how business run in the scale. And I felt empower myself with a degree, with experience, with a network, I think will really help me to go to the next level. So that is, at the mm -hmm. time, my project about go to business school. Why choose Duke? 
Well, Domino, but I think if anyone think about business school, do you, the MBA is one of the best in my personal opinion, just because I really love, not just about the academic, not just about, you know, the professor, the, uh, and all the incredible award, all that, but most importantly, the culture, the people truly will win my heart. And I, and I, I remember what day, and when I visited the campus, I walked in there, I just, it's, it's a weird feeling. You just felt your home. Like, even though it's not, I, I see this student body, people have the dining hall, it's a ping pong table, people drink coffee, people talk about project. I just felt so welcoming, so sense of belonging there. And you know, that in the next two years, honestly, it was one of the worst time and the best time in my lifetime, which is so hard to describe it to people where it's such an intense two years in my lifetime, but yet one of the best time where I truly see what I'm made of, you know, with all the incredible pressure we've been through and, but also get an incredible friendship as, you know, as Anne and, you know, we, we embody, they call it team field class spirit. And really we collectively as a team, as a community, we hold each other accountable and lift each other up. And, you know, truly I felt it's a transforming two years for me. So, so that is a logic about you know, MBA Duke regarding why Texas, well, I mentioned uh, I was in Chicago before, and that's actually how I met my husband. And I love Chicago. I think Chicago is an amazing city. However, my husband, he was like, oh my God, it's winter getting cold. When it goes somewhere warmer. And I was like, okay, warmer. So I'm looking at South and there are, of course, all the wonderful cities. And I think about, well, Texas, well, my husband really wanted, he kind of really wanted me to put it into Texas because summer is very hot. So looking at Texas, I actually don't know any of those cities. And I thought, wow, Austin sounds a lot cooler and hippier. And I think I'm a hippie. So, well, in heart. <laughs> and I love Austin's, you know, if you guys don't know Austin, Austin's um, slogan is called Keep Up Some Weird. And I interpreted it as, I mean, we all weird. You are weird, I am weird, she's weird, her weird, because we all unique and weird in our own way. And I love that slogan so much. And I almost felt when I visit city, it's almost the same way when I visit Duke campus, I felt home. I felt I can be who I am. I can be this weird, funky, or fun, or whatever I wanted to be that day, that moment, I can be mm -hmm. that and still be part of a city and I can call it home. So that's how we kind of uh, decide location on the Texas, Austin, and that's how I moved into Austin uh, three years ago and also part of the Dell as well. But yes, also job offer as well. No, that definitely makes sense. So now you go down to, you know, Texas sounds like a new and exciting place, you know, maybe a bit uh, more or a different uh, type of culture that you can uh, to get experience to as well as a good uh, position within a great company. And you're down there, you do sales for a period of time. And I think as you mentioned, when we chatted before, that then as you're going through doing the sales for Dell, COVID came along and that necessitated, you know, people being let go or work slowing down or layoffs or whatnot. And that kind of reinvigorated um, doing kind of your own thing or um, going back to entrepreneur side. Is that right? Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm part of Dell go to market. So I help manage about $320 million uh, portfolio, go to market, North America channel sales. I work with 400 sales teams across entire uh, North American region. I have tons of fun through a lot of strategy, the data and all the things, which is exactly the global exposure I was looking for. So it really provided me a great platform to learn and grow. And, you know, it's a fantastic company, fantastic culture. It's all, they check all the boxes. I guess, you know, what really uh, made me to think about is, you know, when pandemic hit, when, you know, somebody like myself, well, it's truly extrovert and suddenly have so much time on my hand and just give me some space to think about, okay, now I check quote unquote, check other boxes. I got degree, I got another degree, I got, you know, start like a corporate, right? Now, what do I really want? What is really 
two, one, what is you, what kind of impact you want to live in our planet? And what if I die tomorrow? What would I have any regret? So those questions just kind of really surfaced to me and give me a lot of time to think about. And I thought about, and as I reflecting those questions, as I think about literally 10 years ago when I, you know, came to state, when I truly made my dream come true, when I become, I believe, one of the millions, you know, the chance of me, a mountain girl, ever come this far is just beyond imagination, even to myself. I thought that moment really means so much to me. I realized I would love to help others make their dream come true as well. And that is kind of like where, you know, it um, derived the idea come from. And that's how I start my consulting business. How I've not, not went. So today we have startups specifically uh, with a pitch, um, you know, help them to pitch through the, the pitch that services, help them to grow and scale their business. And I love uh, help supporting entrepreneurs, specifically helping them to grow and scale and their dream and their vision. Because I think, entrepreneur are biggest dreamers so if we can if I can support one entrepreneurs and think about the community the customer the the partnership she or he going to go out and build and create I think um anybody everybody if you have a dream if you have a vision whether it's start a business start a bakery start a family whatever thing is for you if you just go after do whatever you wanted to do I think the whole world is a better, it's a brighter place. It's like you are the light bulb, I'm the light bulb. If you're one pixel brighter, the world is a brighter place. So that is what I want to support. And that's how I decided to start my consulting business and help people to do exactly that. Hmm. So now, and I think that, that kind of brings us a bit to, you know, through your journey and where you're at today and kind of what you have going on and where you focus. So I think that was a, a great walkthrough of your journey. So thank you. So now with that, you know, as we wrap towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions that I like to, to hit on. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from? Mm. So I should, you know, skip a couple of steps. So in between me and my husband, we also started another business called Evergreener. So that was actually our first taste to start business together. And we, we actually have been married for eight, 10, nine years now. So I will say, if I have a hindsight, I didn't know what it takes to start a business with a partner. And it's, it's really not easy. I, like I, we, we talk about business in the daytime and the evening, in the day, in the weekends, like it's just so much. And at the part where, you know, it's just hard to differentiate me and my, my husband versus business as a partner. So if I'll, if I'll, in the high side, I can do it again, I would like to kind of have the clear boundary and clear separation and clear define about role and responsibility so we can really um, not jeopardizing anything and really still go out and build the business. Yeah. No, I think that that's, you know, and I think whether a spouse, I think adds a whole nother level of uh, complication because, you know, with the normal business partner, you go home after the end of the day, you get to get a break apart. You know, you're not with each other all the time when you're doing it with a spouse. But even without a spouse, it's still a lot of time together, a lot of strain on the relationship, a lot of frustration and stress. But now yes. you have the addition of having a spouse. And now it's not only that, but you can go home, your business partner is also your, you know, your your spouse and that, and you're now dealing with family issues. And you're even, you know, if you have a bad day at work, then trickles to home, or if you have a bad, bad day at home, yep into work and it can be a great thing i think it can provide a lot of synergy and leverage and you know the person you're working with and you're trying to be successful together but i think it does add that extra layer mm -hmm. of complication so i think that that's definitely one to, to, something to learn from. <laughs> i will not do that again for sure 
So now second question, which is, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, well, it depends what stage they are, right? If they just about to start a business or they're already in the mix of business or they're about to grow and explore their business. I would say if someone who have not yet started, well, start, do it, do it, do it, do it. The world need you, need your idea, need your vision, whatever you have is, you know, beautiful vision, do it. If not, now when, we all can die tomorrow. Well, if somebody who already started business in the process of scaling, well, really, you know, really think about what is the next step? What's the next level for you? Whether it's you know seeking funding, whether it's seeking partnership, maybe it's go to market, is whatever that piece is. And I think, I think you know maybe myself and also uh, other can felt the way when you start your business, especially when you just begin, whether it's one person, two, three person, you fill your day full with all the tasks, all the activities. And I think it's really important to really prioritize. And one tip that I want to share is um, you have all you list out all the things you need to do. And on the right-hand side, you pick two pens. One is green, one is red. Think about it's those activities, revenue-generated activity put in the green pens. If it's just like nice to have, if it's just not um, anything that's revenue-generated, make it red. And at, especially in the early stage, if your goal is to grow and whether it's a cash flow, whether it's you no know, revenue expansion, if that's the case, focus on those revenue-generating activity first before you go to the other piece, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's make a nice logo, all the wonderful things. I think that's very important at the beginning to really launch your business and really help it to be sustainable before you can be, you know, be consistent and have a true beautiful plan. No, I, I love that. And I think that's a great piece of advice. So now as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a client, they want to be a customer, they want to be an investor, they want to be an employee, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, contact you, or find out more? Yes, um, well, check out my website. Uh, is if not now when.com. And you can find my information there. And yeah, love to hear from all of you. And once again, thank you so much, Devin, for having me. Really honored, super grateful for the opportunity. Absolutely. It's fun to have you on and appreciate you sharing your journey. Now, for all of you, the listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast to come on and share it, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com apply to be on the podcast. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so everybody else can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, trademarks, or anything else, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always happy to help. Well, thank you again, Wynn, for coming on. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you very much, Devin. I, I really appreciate you. Yeah.